Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Sina Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. We would like to give a huge thank you to Aaron Henry, who is not only from Carson City, but he is in Whiskey Heroes, which is a local band. Aaron created um, the new music for the podcast that you hear between each segment and at the beginning and the end. Aaron, thank you very much. We appreciate you supporting the podcast. All right, welcome back. We're going to hop into uh, this week's segments, and we're going to get, get into community connections. And we have Natalie Wood from the Carson City Library that's going to handle the community connections segment this week. Thanks, Natalie, for handling it. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? Um, I have a few topics that I wanted to go over for community connections. The first item to talk about is the Honor Flight Nevada Charity Golf Tourney Dinner and Dance. That is upcoming on May 28th. Um, more information on that can be found on the Carson Now article. Um, the next topic is that it is Bike Month for May. We have a lot of great events that are planned by Muscle Power for Bike Month. Um, started this week, Celebrity Ride was on the 2nd. You may have seen pictures and information in the news on that. Upcoming, we have tonight, May 4th, the West Side Cruiser and some other events coming up. Check out and see if you can find the Pedal Library at any of those events, our new outreach program here at the Carson City Library. Um, the Pedal Library will also be at the Wine Walk this Saturday from 1 to 5 at the Carson City Visitors Bureau. Um, be sure to stop and check us out. Friends of the Library will also be there. One other topic that you will see the Pedal Library or other program you'll see the Pedal Library at is at the Farmer's Market throughout the summer. Some of those start May 6th and then also they're every Saturday from 8.30 to 1 p.m. Farmer Market starts this weekend. That's awesome. Very Wonderful. Exciting. Very exciting. One of my favorites. And that's really all I have for now. We have a lot of upcoming events. Summer learning program will start in June, um, but more information. Right. Um, so anything you have for us for Lapeer Corner? Yep. I'm going to talk to you guys today about a really, really fun topic of groundwater. Um, I urge you all to go into your crawl spaces, go into your basements. Uh, if you're on a slab, I really look around your foundation um, and make sure that you don't have any water issues underneath your house. So um, with the rising water table and all this runoff that we've gotten from our heavy winter, uh, it's only going to continue to, to rise for the next month to two months because of all the melt off um, up in the mountains that will make its way down here to the valley. It's really important that you guys stay on top of making sure that the groundwater doesn't stick around underneath your house and most importantly that it's not affecting any wood surfaces. Um, so obviously houses are built out of wood, foundations have a lot of wood that are involved in them. Make sure that water's not touching that. 
and make sure you can get some air circulation underneath there if you do have some standing water to prevent uh, mold growth or any kind of nasty stuff getting getting able to uh, dig in and grow down there. So please pop open your crawl space spaces tonight. Go down to your basement tonight. Make sure you don't have any water underneath your house. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. We have Ron Swerzik as this week's guest, and he is a school board member here in Carson City. Um, and uh, not only is he a very intelligent guy, he talks a lot about the Race to the Top grant that the Carson City School District is using. Thanks. Welcome back. We're with this week's guest, Ron Swerzik, who is a school board member here in Carson City. Thanks for coming on the show, Ron. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became how you uh, became a school board member. Well, I spent um, a lot of my work time um, traveling across the United States, finding out what uh, what worked well in schools and and not. And most of it was uh, centered on the uh, community college uh, system. However, in all my discussions with educators and uh, business professionals, uh, it was a consensus that if we didn't do something about K-12, then the other is like putting a Band-Aid on something uh, going forward. So with that, uh, I was in touch with a lot of uh, school districts across the United States, from Newport News, Virginia, Bloomington, Minnesota, Edina, Minnesota, uh, Westland, Oregon, Long Beach Unified School District, again, asking what made a difference in the schools that would help kids with not only student achievement, but student achievement and success in life. And with that, I came down, uh, I retired from my employment, offered to put you know, a lot of things into play. Okay. I was a retired, do it for nothing, but uh, in, in Carson there was a reluctance at, at times to... And um, with that, then it led me to, um, to running for office, just with the intent of, of making a difference for the kids. So... Well, that's a good, noble cause right there. And it sounds like you, you did your homework and some due diligence and, and some footwork to educate yourself as to what you were talking about. Yes, certainly did that. So Awesome. So with that, um, I know that you've been really instrumental in the strategic planning process with the school district to improve some of those things. Um, how did that start? What really um, led the effort behind that? And what do you feel the outcomes are? Well, let's put it in the context of student achievement and success in life for the students. And, um, and this began shortly after um, I was on the board. I was elected in 2010, and then in 2011, we began the process of involving the community. Up to this time, well, let me, let me go back. In Carson City, there was not a strategic plan um, at all. And um, many felt there wasn't a need, but it, um, you know, it was, it was badly needed. But the thing is, we didn't want to do it with just school district personnel. What we wanted was a community to establish a shared vision for education for our kids. Because so many things are changing, especially in the 21st century with technology, literacy, global awareness, and um, 
real life experiences. You can't do that within a, within a school district. So with that, uh, we began the process of inviting the community, and the, by the community I mean um, students, teachers, parents, business professionals, um, other organizations, libraries, higher education, right. to begin a process of defining what is it that our kids need going forward. So we focus on today and tomorrow instead of today and yesterday. And with that, it started in, in August of 2011. About 200, in the first meeting, about 250 people uh, did get together from all walks of life. And they began to focus on just that, today and tomorrow, of what they felt was needed um, in a K-12 school district. From that, um, that whole process, then there was a shared vision that was established, you know, by the community. And that included teachers and administrators and, and, and the whole works. But then going forward, that was brought to the uh, School Board of Trustees for adoption. And uh, which was different than, than most school districts develop a, a strategic plan. They usually hire people. Uh, it costs a, it just costs it, you know, a ton of money, a ton of money, and it doesn't meet the mark of just local control of, of what is needed for our schools and for our kids. Um, and with that, the strategic plan then came about, and there was basically five goals. One, community in full partnership, learning beyond the classroom. We could no longer, K-12 education could not be an island in itself. Um, along with that then, if we're gonna learn from the community and the professionals, that we had to address curriculum that mattered. We don't wanna have yesterday's curriculum in, 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 in today's world. Wanna engage families, healthy students, and exceptional uh, teachers and staff. And, and we already had uh, amazing teachers and staff in place, but how do we retain them? Right. How do we retire? How do we attract new teachers that are, you know, a step above that raise the bar for students? So that, that, happened, in two, that, that happened in 2011, and I'm going to tell you what the results Mm -hmm. of, of what it is and why people would want to probably come to Carson City now. Okay. Um, the second thing that happened right after, shortly after the strategic plan was we obtained a Race to the Top grant of which we competed with school districts from across the country. Um, this Race to the Grant, our grant application dealt with converting our educational practices to a learner-centered model, meaning that not all students learn in the same way, at the same pace. So we're going to reverse this and make it learner-centered so that um, all students succeed and, and not fail. And they're of value when they graduate. And so we did. We, we competed in this Race to the Top grant, um, and we did, and, and at first there was a little reluctance about how, how can we compete with others across the United States? Well, as it turned out, because again, it was a community approach, brought a lot of people together, right. and it was led by uh, Dr. C. Perdera at, at Carson High. But the thing that was interesting 
after all was said and done, we came out number one in the nation. Our, our um, grant application came out number one in the nation. Wow. And, and that's fine, and I'm going to explain what's, what's happened with that. Um, if we're going to have success for all students, that means we need early intervention instead of waiting for a year and say, well, you're out, you're failing this class. Um, and we also, not only for the early intervention, we needed something that for students who wanted more. Right. And so we did. So through a, a few years of actually um, putting this in place, we got the data collection system, we've got all the teachers that work together to develop the, the curriculum, because K-12 is foundational, and we didn't want to go into a practice of saying, okay, if we have math or science and, and a teacher has a you know, particular interest in something, they forget about the other elements. Well, K-12 being foundational, you can those other elements or whatever is unique can be done afterwards. Our, our sense. goal is to prepare them for life. And so the teachers work together, they develop the uh, curriculum. Mm -hmm. And so instead of waiting for a semester and say, well, hey, it's too bad, you've, you've failed. We broke this into three week in, uh, increments with learning guides for all students in which they all understood the targeted goals, the essential questions they were uh, asking for this particular unit, and then a, a self-assessment guide. So at the end of three weeks, if, if someone wasn't getting it, there was another approach. Well, we're going to get you in place so you can continue. And all of this is now in place. It was directed at our middle and high school students, but it is now currently now being implemented into our uh, elementary schools. Wow. Um, so through this grant, all of this, uh, all this happened, which led in the combination of the strategic plan our community in this learner center approach to what our community defined as extraordinary schools and extraordinary, extraordinary in, in what sense and I'm going to give you some examples now and these are only examples because we don't have time for uh, for everything uh, uh, we, okay we talked about the learner center model uh, focusing on the students needs okay um, but our community defined extraordinary schools, again, which provide students with opportunities to learn beyond the classroom. In so doing, uh, it was also defined that, that extraordinary schools would establish community partnerships that provide opportunities for every student to observe and participate in why and how learning is applied in science, technology, engineering, art, math, literacy, and beyond. And come see now. So this is uh, about the time you came in. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, a so job shadow program is what that is. Well, uh, it's, it's I mean, more. Yeah, it's more. a lot more than that. A lot we, more. Yeah. We've partnered with the school district to offer the public service announcement. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mention in that the transition. Here. So okay. yeah. Yeah. That. And, and let me let me just ex expand upon that. Okay. Extraordinary schools would do this. So we, did we do it? Or are these just words and paper? We did it. We now have over, nine, over 80 businesses, government agencies, organizations that are now, including the library, that are now partners with the school. As far as the global awareness, our manufacturing partners, since they do business in the Far East, Europe, and, and beyond, 
they're providing the opportunities for global awareness for our students. Um, as far as, again, using the manufacturers as an example, they are providing our students with opportunities to apply science, technology, engineering, math at their job sites. Um, in the arts, as part of this, the, the Capital City um, Arts uh, Initiative is now partnered with the schools, both in the classrooms and outside the classrooms of providing kids. The Prairie Arts Center is doing the same. Uh, WNC, so we're addressing the visual arts, the performing arts, and the literary arts. It's all coming together because of outside help. You can't do it all in the classroom, and it's a disservice mm -hmm. to the kids not to be able to do this. But what's important here, and we're gonna get to seeing it, is the, uh, the joint resolution that was entered to, into with the city, our school trustees, and the library trustees. Um, it was um, a joint resolution that in effect adopted each other's strategic plans. Awesome. But for the community partnerships, for the going back to the science, technology, engineering, art, math, literacy, and beyond, because of this joint resolution, the library has become a major player with the kids. They've ex because of this, they've provided um, extended programs in, in all of these areas, and they, uh, you know, and they they just continue, you know, to do that. Um, As we go through, uh, the next thing for extraordinary schools as the Vinewire community are ones that provide every student with real life opportunities to explore multiple pathways that lead to being college and career ready. So what have we done? Because of that strategic plan, we've adjusted our curriculum, really a curriculum that matters. We were maybe 10 years behind in some areas. That has now been adjusted. Because of that, we have the, the CTE programs, the Career and Technical Education, yeah. of which out of uh, approximately 2,100 high school students, 1,600 are in uh, Career and Technical Education um, um, classes, which means, and again, we're talking about college and career ready. Mm -hmm. It is not like vocational school and college and career. The Career and Technical takes us into all of the sciences, everything. It is something that... When the kids graduate, they have value. And their pathway could be college, could be career, or both. They're ready. Um, we've got them ready to, to go beyond. We've extended, and we have, I think we're the, probably the number one high school in the AP class, or the advanced placement classes in, the, in, in, in Nevada. We've also entered into an agreement with these partnerships with WNC to, to create the Jumpstart program in which our, our kids graduating now can graduate from high school and at the same time graduate with an associate degree from, uh, from WNC at the same time. Right. So, so kids are going um, to high school and also taking courses at WNC concurrently. Concurrently. It's, if the kids are ready, let them go. Yep. They become a value and let them go out and, and help. Um, we also, uh, during this since 2011, the strategic plan and on and on, we've got an engineering program now that wasn't in place before. That has started. We now have advanced technology, which some refer to as manufacturing operations. But 
manufacturing doesn't describe what this is. It's advanced technology, and these are all transferable skills to every, any other discipline, uh, whether it's medical or, or beyond. Yep. So it's, um, I mean, this is exciting things that have happened here. Um, again, extraordinary schools as defined by our uh, uh, community are ones that encourage innovation and creativity by having every student combine academic achievement with the power of imagination. That's happened with, an, I'll give you one example, an aviation program with one of our local manufacturers, ClickBond, and, uh, and the airport authority. They've taken our kids, or many of the kids, through the history of aviation, the science of aviation, but they let the kids say, okay, we, we all understand that now. What's next? Use your imagination and help us go beyond the Mars rover. Help us go, you know, way out. That's happened. Another activity would be the robotics that is, is, is happened in both our middle schools, high schools. Um, it's interesting how these kids, you, you say, well, I'm going to build a little robot now. Our, one of our kids said, I, I don't like the way or the information I got for programming this robot. Right. So he individually signed up for a class at MIT. Now, he was a junior. He, he signed up for a class, programming class at MIT, and they won first um, in, in the state, and then um, went on to nationals and, and finished, I don't know, in the top four. And they I just mean, came back. They just came back from Houston, too. Yeah, and we just, as, this whole robotics program, awesome. it, it goes on. Um, and then let's come to the library for combining academic achievement with the power of imagination. And that comes into what's involved with um, the PSAs, the public service announcements, using the technical uh, or the digital technology here, combining with high school classes to say, okay, here, here's, here's your technology. Let your mind go wild and... and uh, and see what you can build. And then in addition, they've, the library has uh, partnered with the high school for documentaries uh, mm -hmm. in, in the high schools. And, and again, these are examples of extraordinary schools. We're going beyond with the community. You, you couldn't do it alone. You're going beyond teaching ABCs and one, two, threes, and, and you're, you're getting the stakeholders involved, which is super important. That's right. Um, and it, 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 it helps everyone. Correct. Businesses afterwards, they're looking for a skilled and, and, and uh, talented workforce. You know, these are kids are stepping up to the plate, whereas before they would graduate and say, well, now what? No, they're ready to go that next step. Correct. They're ready to contribute. And this is, this is all, um, you know, very exciting. Another one for extraordinary schools that was developed by the community is create a dynamic learning environment where students develop marketable skills and social and civic confidence. So we didn't let this go. What we did, again, with the businesses that are involved, are giving these kids, you know, some business, are giving them the business expectations and practices. Right. I'll give you one example. One of the businesses came into a classroom, to a math classroom, and um, was explaining, you know, some of the things that are involved in his business. And then he looked at the students and he said, you know what? If you're late for work for my business, I don't give you a tardy slip like you get in a school. Right. Here's what happens. You've all have calculators in front of you. 
do the calculation. This is what I lose in production. This is what I lose ultimately in lost revenue. I mean, these, but these are all given to the kids now that wasn't before. They're, they're out here into the real world. We have the D.A.R.E. program that uh, helps kids with uh, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, the, the, the tools and the skills to avoid this. Um, but it was during this period that we partnered with the Sheriff's Office to move from the fifth grade to reinforce it in the seventh grade. So in middle school, there's a big difference in, in what happens uh, with, with kids and what they're exposed to. And then along with that comes character counts. Uh, that through another partner uh, partnership, Carson City, talking about what citizenship does, honesty. These are all essential elements going forward, but it's all being put in place um, with programs and, and people outside of the, uh, the school district. They're helping. Again, um, extraordinary school. Again, one of the criterias was an extraordinary Ordinary school would combine the strengths of traditional learning with evolving technology. And what's happened in the last uh, five, six years, all the students now have one-to-one -one mobile devices or laptops. That's now a learning tool that is just part of a uh, learning process. The digital technology here at the library that's helping with the schools. So these kids, you know, school doesn't end at 3 o'clock, they can come here. Um, and, and, and have this technology available to, um, uh, you know, to continue. The manufacturers, again, have lent the opportunities for kids to explore the, uh, the 3D software, uh, SolidWorks, um, to help design and develop uh, projects. Again, through this technology, if we didn't have it, at, at, you know, at the schools, we combine the resources of the communities, and all these are, again, transferable into the medical area. As far as the health occupations and uh, our health science programs, even with the Carson Tahoe Hospital and others, you know, the kids are exposed to MRIs, CAT, CAT scans, not just how to use them, but a lot of the kids are now saying, can I develop a better um, MRI, a better CAT scan, a better PET scan? But they're doing that because of the influence of, the, um, of our community to say, you know, you can do more. Go for it. And so this has all happened in the last, um, in the last five years. Um, again, another area is provide early childhood education for all children. In the last five years, we've gone from half-day kindergarten to full-day kindergarten. We've expanded now our pre-K so that all students, and this just happened in the last couple of years, can now have advantage of, uh, of a pre-K opportunity. There's always the opportunities for private, but a lot of people can't afford that. Well, now it's now in place. We have the Early Childhood Expo uh, that has just come about the last three years that provide brings together all the resources that are available to parents for their for the early child education of their kids. Uh, everything in the community comes together to say, let's all help and 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 uh, help help you move along. This is available. Um, Again, uh, one of the things for extraordinary schools was to encourage, acknowledge, and support creative and innovative teachers and staff, and we do. Now, we have amazing teachers, we have amazing staff, but they are. They're, everybody is, is, is going on with innovation and, and creativity, and we're supporting and backing that, and it makes our schools, yes, really extraordinary. Uh, the other thing is to engage all parents and guardians in supporting their students' achievement. Now, now let me, that's always talked about, and, and we are doing this. But let me give you one example that 
that stands out. Um, one of our um, CEOs, presidents, uh, Mike Jackson, a micro-manipulator, okay. not only did he come back to partner with a couple of elementary teachers, actually more, um, in the fifth grade, and, and I went through, he was, the teacher was talking about decimals and the power of 10. So he went in and he had, you know, this software. I mean, he had it, it, the final product all available for the kids, and, and there was two classes combined. All these kids were on the edge of their seat, okay? I mean, never, never in their wildest imagination did they realize that decimals could mean this much. But more than that, what he explained, he says, I'm not here as a guest lecturer. I'm here as a resource for your continuing education. And he says, by that, and I'm going to come back to this engaging all parents, now that you are excited about decibels, the power of 10, and how it works, I'd like to invite you, along with your parents, to come to my place of business so that we can all join in together and understand why you're learning this, how it's learned, and if you want to continue interest, you can be here, you can call me anytime and, and do this. And he went back again with the X and Y axis, but he did, he followed up. But the important thing was, how do you engage the parents in their child's education, yeah. other than abstract thinking or whatever? Here, this is how it, it is, and this is what I want to do, or I want to pursue this. Right. Um, and then one other factor for an extraordinary school, as defined by our community, was promote the social, emotional, and physical wellness for all students. Now, when this strategic plan started, this was not in my uh, mind. You know, I'm, I'm not thinking of this at all. But the table I was sitting at um, in that first session, and that was, in fact, I'll, I'll mention her name, Midget Breeden. She's a, a doctor's wife. She says, well, you know, I'm talking about community partnerships. She says, we can't do anything without providing for the well-being of our kids. And I had to sit back and listen and go, yeah. Um, as a result of that, okay, that started five years ago, so we now have an on-site health clinic in the, in the school district. We do have a wellness policy and regulations and practices in place for nutrition and physical wellness. We have social emotional committees uh, in place in all the schools. And um, as I said, it's just taken off on a life of its own to address that all of this needs to be done if we're going to truly have extraordinary, extraordinary schools and schools in a community where people would want to, you know, either locate, relocate, or stay because right. of this. And, and I think that we've done this, and, and all I've done, is, I've just shared a few of the examples of what, uh, what's happened in the, last, in the last five and a half, six years, and it's exciting. Very, it is. Uh, and, so. and, and a lot, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot going on. Yeah. You know, and, and it goes back to that old outage of, of you know, um, assisted school lunches. You know, a kid that's hungry, he ain't learning nothing. He's sitting in that classroom going, I'm hungry. You know, so you know, getting the health and wellness, I think that's a big part of that. Um, in in the fact that you you've brought the stakeholders to the table, I, allows for more ideas, for outside the box ideas. So, uh, that was great on your guys' part to do that. Well, absolutely. It's um, in the schools where oftentimes 
I think, 10 years behind. What was happening in today's, and especially in the world of technology and, and beyond, those that are in business or in practice have to know today, they have to share that knowledge today if they're going to have a workforce tomorrow. Right. And uh, as I say, it, it was just, for me, it was just wonderful to, to be part of that, that process, that experience, uh, you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. And to see that it's not just words and paper, it's in place now. And growing and evolving. Nothing is perfect, and, but we keep moving towards perfection. And, exactly. And that's, that's exactly what we're going to do. Be, and because it's a community effort and the community defined it, okay. we're all accountable. Love it. So, and it's for the kids. So. So, you, so let's zoom out a little bit from that. And, and you hit on it a little bit. Why is this important? Why, why is a good school district important? Why does the education of our children matter? Uh, not only to the community as a whole, but you know, I like to tie everything back to the real estate market. Why, why is that important to, to property values and, and, and our real estate market here locally? How does this affect us? Where a community is aligned and engaged for the benefit of its students or for its kids, it becomes a strong community. Without that, it becomes a community which is fragmented. It moves forward um, in pieces and it has zero benefit to the students. When you have this in place and the community in place and the strong schools in place, the community is a strong community. And that's the importance of doing all this. Right. And that strong community makes people want to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to move here. And this is why I want to move here. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. anyway. so I do, I have one more question. It's a, it's a little bit off of that question, but... Um, so with the governor's implementation of Read by Three, how is Carson City School District going to implement that? What is the impact that it has on our school district and on our community here? Well, first of all, I think the, uh, the Read by Three that the governor proposed is pretty excellent. That's, I found out that across the United States, yes, if you don't read by three, your chances of success are somewhat diminished. I mean, okay. It's not limited, but it's diminished. Mm -hmm. you're, you're always kept playing catch-up. Okay. Um, and we are, we're using um, all of our teachers um, at the elementary schools. Um, we're all moving forward with, um, with putting this in place. And, and it, it's stretching everybody uh, to a limit. Mm -hmm. Because before was, well, if we don't do it now, you catch up in the fourth grade. Or you catch up in the fifth grade. You don't. Right. And again, this is the importance of, of having the library resources here mm -hmm. for the reading programs that are offered in the summer, um, as well as at night with the parents. Uh, it, it gives a place to move this forward. And it's, has it been a struggle? Yes, but it's, do I think it's important? You bet it's important. You bet it's important. We've, um, we've been working with the school district here at the library to also, um, we did it in 2013, but we're doing it again to get a library card in every student's hand. So we're working with um, the technology to try and make that happen so that it's actually a much smoother process and then it essentially comes when they get a student ID 
they get a library card. Good. Give them access. If they have access yep. to it, they're, they're more likely to use it. Yes, that's, and that's what it is. They, it, not only is it accessible, but there's a reason for it. And, and uh, everybody is working together to pr promote that reason. And again, we're coming back to a strong community uh, coming forward. Well, it, it finally happened to me, and, and, and I, I knew it was going to happen one day. It finally happened. And, and what that finally happened thing is, is I finally got my first call of someone who said, I want to be in Carson rather than Washoe County because of the school district. And, and, and I knew that was going to come, and I'm sure it's going to be more of that, but it finally happened. Yes. Yeah, it's, as I said, this is going to get stronger and stronger, you know, each day we, we go on and each month, and, and it will be. There's going to be a reason people want to, want to be here in Carson. Correct. So last question we'll ask you, and then we ask everybody this question, is if there was no limits, what would be your big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? What would you like to see? Well, I think we're... Uh, I, I just think we're doing it. I, what I think is, is the community is, is, is coming into alignment. Before it was, it was, not that that's bad, but it is misaligned, but aligned for education. And that's, that's my goal, that, that people care whether they have kids in school, not in school, it doesn't matter. Everybody is aligned with the target of the value of education going forward for this city, for our state, for our country. This is, this is it. That would be my... Uh, my big picture is to that all would be aligned for the educating our uh, educating all of our students going forward. Love it. It's a great goal. That's an awesome picture too. Yep. To see. For sure. So, well, Ron, I thank you for your passion for our children. Thank you for your service to our children. I appreciate you. Uh, well, thank you. Yes, thank Thanks you. for the invitation. You bet. So, Thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.